are listening to Barbara Viernik Explores, the podcast which will carry you where you will meet today's European jazz singers. The voice, this wonderful tool in each one of us, has never ceased to challenge and fascinate me for more than 25 years. I've had the opportunity ever since to search, learn and experiment my passion for the voice and jazz on stage. Since then, I try to transmit it to a good number of students and to a receptive and keen audience. I've searched my voice through my body and traveled worldwide in this purpose. Western as well as Eastern voice techniques are my passion. I started my music studies with jazz. Tradition has always been for me an unlimited source. My guides never restricted me to one and only one style. I soon found out other sounds. European contemporary vocal or instrumental jazz, new to my ears. This type of jazz awakened my senses and curiosity even more. Throughout my career, this is the style I keep on developing with fascination. This has always been my dream. Thanks to my thesis, I have the opportunity to meet singers, musicians, students and historians. This enables me to analyze how they perceive vocal jazz and the roles played in Europe by nowadays jazz singers. Together with Zoe van Koppenol, a talented young director, we decided to create podcasts based on interviews I gave in Belgium and other European countries. In this first episode, let's go to Rome to meet Maria Pia De Vito. I also met two singers who were coming to Brussels on their tours, Lois Levant from south of France and Veronica Harsha straight from Budapest. So, let's talk about Veronica. When I heard her for the very first time, I immediately enjoyed the particularity of her personal and most exceptional style. Let's listen to her presenting herself. Um, I'm a singer to whom being spontaneous and improv improvising is important. Okay. So on purpose I didn't introduce myself as a jazz singer. I studied as a jazz singer, but I like to say that for me improvisation and spontaneity on stage is important, but mm -hmm. not necessarily the traditional jazz that comes from America. It's, it's very difficult. I think for most artists it's very difficult to categorize themselves. Um, of course, now I'm contradicting to myself because the American tradition is par part of my tradition as well because mm -hmm. I studied that. But in the meantime, I always listened to music other than jazz. So I always liked to listen to um, some alternative psychedelic rock music and 
and some trip hop and uh, recently I listened to a lot of classical music and um, I even like some genres in electronic music mm -hmm. so I have various influences and I think it reflects very much on the music that I do because I don't only do jazz mm -hmm. but uh, but I also do alternative pop music. Veronica has a rather unusual musical path. She first followed a complete university course before deciding that she wanted to become a musician. It was then that she studied jazz singing in Budapest and started her professional career. At the age of 30, she wanted to push the boundaries and continue to evolve by returning to her studies at the Brussels Conservatory, where she followed a two-year master's with David Links. She made major encounters there. For example, with pianist and composer Diedrich Wissels, who gave her composition lessons, or with Chris de Fort, who gave her free improvisation classes. She didn't expect it, but it really had a huge impact on her vision of music. She realized that when you have the freedom to produce any sound, when you remove all the technical details, it is the pure essence of music that is essential. I think the first singer that I have to name is Janis Joplin, mm -hmm. because she was the first that I really got into listening to, listening to her style, and she was the first a singer that I really wanted to reproduce. So I was, I was trying to sing like like her, and I, I learned uh, her her songs, and I was blown away by the, um, the enthusiasm and the character in her voice. Um, so I was looking to to recreate something like that. Of course, I have a totally different voice, so it was not possible, and it wouldn't make any sense to, to recreate something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, but I think she was the first one to open me to spontaneity and uh, and to the importance of character, character of the voice. She was also influenced by jazz singers such as Carmen McRae, Abilene Cohn or Betty Carter. They think outside the box of pure American jazz tradition in order to be more experimental. Veronika also told me that she was greatly influenced by Hungarian traditional music, in a way, to say the least, original. It surely has. And, uh, and I got to realize that only when I got outside of Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> Because when you are in your cocoon, you don't realize the, the characteristics and mm -hmm. you don't realize that some things which are plain and, and uh, simple for you are complex for others and some things that are natural for you are completely unnatural yeah, for others. Yes. But I only got to realize that when I, when I got out of Hungary. Mm -hmm. um, I used to dance in a folk dance group when I was a kid between age 6 and 12, which is an important period uh, right before the uh, teenage Teenager, years. Yes. Um, and uh, we were singing too. Especially the girls had to sing, I remember. We had these circle dances. Um, and it's funny because back then I didn't realize how important it was that we sang as well. It came automatically. Of course, it was also um, part of the tradition, so mm -hmm. we had to. But the focus was always on the dance and never on the singing. 
but in the meantime we learned all yeah, the songs of course, yes. and uh, and I only realized that later that mm. it was probably very important for me and I remember uh, the the first uh, lesson singing lesson with uh, David Links my teacher here um, in the first class he he made me read some rhythmical exercises and I remember that he looked at me and he, he, he was happy like uh, oh you have good a good sense for rhythm but of course you come from Hungary it's easy for you and I remember <laughs> and I remember being a, a little bit upset you know I instinctively wanted to say it's me it's not it's not because I'm <laughs> Hungarian it's because I'm good at this and then I started thinking, maybe he's right. While interviewing singers, I asked them how they relate to their voice. Veronica reveals her intimate connection to her voice. She shares the communal feeling of all women singers. For women, it's even more difficult to make our voice ring with flexibility, roundness and brilliance every day, as if we could ignore the changes in our body according to the hormonal cycle. We have to accept and live with this vocal and emotional fragility. I was touched that she talked about this in our interview because, let's face it, it's still a taboo. Of course, our voice is also uh, a very honest thing. Um, everything that, that happens in our minds and, and in our bodies is reflected on the voice. Um, we are women, so the first thing is our hormonal system, which is in, in constant mm -hmm. changing, changing mode. Yes, yes, so yes. Um, uh, that has to um, be taken into consideration as well when we talk about the voice because it influences its warmth or makes it more um, um, husky sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it really influences the, the timber, the color, um, then the mood, the emotional mood, you can play an instrument, of course it's going to be reflected on your solo or, or in your improvisation, but you can, I think you can play a melody more or less the same if you, mm -hmm. if you have a, a different state of mind, but it's going to reflect on the voice immediately, so it's a, it's a very honest thing, which is great. Mm -hmm. I like to show people many things through my voice it's not a problem for me to to even to cry on stage when it comes to that i'm not crying very often but uh, it could it be. but it happened yeah. to me mm -hmm. and it also happened to me that i was laughing so hard on stage that i couldn't <laughs> sing the song so so uh, many things can happen which immediately reflect on the voice and I like that because I like, I like uh, natural behavior and I like natural communication and I don't like uh, the walls that, that are necessary to protect ourselves but which we mm -hmm. constantly build in society and in communication. And, and maybe one thing why I like music so much is, is uh, because I cannot build walls there Maybe some people can decode it better than others, but it will all be there in my voice. So, yeah, I think I have a, a happy relationship with my <laughs> instrument. 
Veronica transmits her purity, wisdom, simplicity, as well as her madness and astonishing artistic research. I had the opportunity to listen to her several projects. In Next Tape by Antoine Pierre, for example, a music that oscillates between jazz, rock and electronics, where her very charismatic vocal role is breathtaking. Let's listen to her quartet with Balint Guiemant, guitarist, Antoine Pierre, drummer and Nicola Thais, bass player. talk about Lois Levant, this very charismatic young French singer. He studied in California with Roger Letson and then spent five years at the Brussels Conservatory with David Links. Since then he has returned to France and leads a masterful career. It is impressive to see how in such a short time he made a real name for himself on the French jazz scene. He plays wonderfully in small intimate bands as well as big bands. In connection with his own voice, he puts lots of pressure on voice research. He reads a lot of books on the subject and tries to understand the vocal instrument. He tries to work the resonators, vibration, relaxation, range, texture and sound in general without trying to push his voice in order to stay in the spoken, sung, natural voice. In a way, he seeks vocal simplicity. 
Parce que je me suis trop rendu compte que c'est pas grave. <rire> Finalement, si, entre guillemets, moi je me chauffe pas la voix, mais j'ai toujours un truc d'être de, de au contact de la sensation euh, vocale. Ok. De, de, de savoir comment tout est dans la sensation tout le temps. Et du coup, je me suis aperçu que, voilà, j'ai pas dormi. Ça, c'est le pire, par contre, le manque de sommeil. Ouais, on et, est d'accord. Il y a un moment où tu peux rien faire. Quoi. Ouais. Mais tout le reste, <rire> ouais. tu peux, c'est pas trop grave. For him, everything he does is jazz. Even if journalists and audiences do not always share the same opinion. Let's listen to his explanation. Euh, parce que je suis profondément jazz, j'aime cette musique. Euh, c'est ce que j'écoute le plus, même ouais. si j'écoute plein de musique, justement. J'ai l'impression que c'est une musique où il faut écouter plein de musique, peu importe. Euh, et c'est ce rapport à la musique. Mm -hmm. ce... Pour moi, c'est ça qui fait le jazz. C'est plus le rapport à la musique qu'un style en soi. Okay. Et c'est pour ça que je dis que n'importe quoi, ça va être jazz. In Quest for Sound, Lois sometimes sings in French or in English or without words. These choices are never left to chance. For him, what counts above all is to be at the service of the melody. Ah non, j'adore chanter en français. Ouais. Euh, J'ai plusieurs euh, projets en français, mais euh, j'adore chanter en anglais aussi. Pour moi, justement, le, le fait d'être euh, en France aussi et de faire des concerts en Europe, euh, le, le fait de chanter en anglais, ça permet à l'auditeur de plus euh, lâcher le texte. Dès, dès que je chante en français, euh, ça devient numéro un. Ouais, c'est ouais, chez moi, c'est genre ouais. maternelle. Ça fait... Et ce qui est super, j'adore, j'adore chanter en français. Mais euh, j'aime bien chanter en anglais pour ça, pour que ça devienne euh, instrumental de nouveau, avec des sons définis. Et que mm -hmm. si euh, à plusieurs réécoutent, ou même à la première, hein, si euh, les gens ont envie de faire attention au texte, tant mieux. Ça permet de, de redécouvrir le morceau. Louis Levant evolved in incredibly varied musical currents. He spoke of Bach and Eric Satie, Björk and Radiohead, but also about Eastern European traditional music. Mes premières influences, ça a été euh, en vocal ou les deux, les deux, les deux. Oui, ouais, tout à fait. Je crois que le, dans la tradition, on peut appeler ça la tradition. Est-ce que ça commence là Est-ce que ça commence avant euh, Karl Ablé. C'était un de mes premiers trucs que j'ai vraiment, vraiment euh, écouté. Euh, après, il y a eu Chet. Lui, c'est lui qui... Euh, <rire> qui avant, j'écoutais euh, Bob Marley en boucle. Et puis, euh, je ne pas passé de Bob Marley à Chet Baker. Je voulais juste faire de mes journées, c'était écouter Chet. Quand je suis tombé sur les CD là, avec euh, Louis, euh, Ella et Louis, Ella et Louis Hogan, mm -hmm. je les écoutais à fond. Donc oui, mais il y a eu ce truc avec, euh, je veux dire, les trois grandes, euh, Ella, euh, Sarah, Sarah et euh, Billy. Billy Holiday, ouais. euh, De, parce que j'ai commencé tard et de, entre guillemets, scolaire, c'est que je voulais rattraper mon retard. Ce truc de, oh, le jazz, c'est ça. Putain, il faut que j'écoute. Et je, je passais une heure tous les jours à écouter un artiste différent. Waouh, wow. J'ai fait un, un boulot... Euh, Enfin, parce que j'avais besoin et envie de tout connaître. Du coup, je ne sais pas si c'est des influences. Parce que je me les suis forcée, je ne sais plus. Lois is not only inspired by the singers he listens to, however diverse they may be. 
He also loves to read. It inspires him greatly. J'aime bien aller dans des musées, découvrir des artistes comme ça, mais enfin oui, mais la lecture ça reste énorme. C'est ça. Et tu as l'impression que ça a vraiment une influence oui, c'est énorme. Sur euh, la musique que tu écris ou que tu... Pas direct, mmh. mais euh, vu que ça a une influence sur moi, ouais. ça a une influence sur la musique. Oui, tout à fait. Mais non, c'est pas, pas direct. C'est mmh. impossible de faire euh, A à B. Mais, mmh. mais, mais je suis persuadé que euh, qu'on qu est la somme justement de, de ce qu'on fait et que ce qui dépasse la note, c'est euh, le reste euh, dont la lecture, euh, marcher avec son chien... Euh, manger un bon plat, boire un bon vin, euh, partir voyager. Euh, et la lecture pour moi c'est important parce que tu vis euh, plusieurs vies. Euh. He feels musically close to many contemporary jazz singers and especially to those who do vocal research compared to those who stick to an established vocal style. For example, he names the French singer Leila Martial and the Swiss singer Andreas Scherer. David Lynx has, of course, also been of a great influence from the very beginning of his learning. Mais donc plus plus je bosse avec David et c'est pour ça les autres influences, les autres profs, je marche vraiment aussi beaucoup. Euh, bon, je lis beaucoup beaucoup de livres, je suis un vrai geek, mais aussi euh, beaucoup à l'imitation. Parce que là, je me rendais compte à imiter David Lynx. Euh, ah non, on chante ça comme ça, on fait ça toutes les semaines. Tu chopes vraiment plein de trucs vocaux, plein de, ouais, ouais, ouais. de, de lui euh, qui rentrent dans ton attention. Quoi. Donc, oh putain, je, je limite une heure par semaine, il va falloir que j'imite d'autres chanteurs euh, 10-15 heures par semaine. Pour, pour équilibrer. <rire> Choper d'autres machins. <rire> et pour faire d'autres choses. Et aussi, euh, David, il euh, y a plein de choses qu'on a très différentes vocalement. Et je me faisais mal quoi, à essayer de l'imiter. Il, il a un appareil vocal en acier. Oui, ça s'assure que la barre, elle est... <rire> c'est... Wow, Putain, comment tu fais, quoi J'ai essayé, hein. Stronger Et tout, maintenant, j'ai trouvé euh, mes solutions. Maintenant, j'arrive mieux à imiter David qu'à l'époque. Let's listen to him now in Flowers Dancing, a song from his latest album called Wind. Oh, no, 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 no,
from the jazz tradition, but uh, I uh, uh, allowed <laughs> to have a place in my music world, also my roots, the Neapolitan roots, um, but uh, the, the, the experience and the view of, of, uh, of jazz has uh, permeated all my work. Uh, so I'm looking for proximities in, in between languages, musical languages or actual languages. It's a part of my work that it's very important. Great. Um, do you think you belong to a certain style of jazz? Uh, well, uh, I think uh, I did so many different things, you know. I, I played and sang so many different kind of music that it's difficult to <coughs> find one, one style or one mm -hmm. word to discover what I do because I, I sing uh, also music uh, by Johnny Mitchell, great songwriters, or I work with electronics, uh, or I work around baroque music uh, and, and improvisation. So it's a variety of, of, of things, of languages. Maria Pia De Vito is the very first singer I interviewed. It was after getting lost through the Roman maze that I had the honor to meet her at her place and begin my research. Maria Pia De Vito is a must. First of all, because she is a wonderful singer-songwriter, but also because throughout her career she mixes contemporary jazz, classical and folk music, world music and mainly Neapolitan music as much as she can, in order to create and develop her own style. I was surprised to see how close I was to the singers who inspire her in different styles, starting with Sitzel Andresen and Norma Winston, who we will talk about in future episodes, and also Ramamani, a South Indian singer. We both followed her courses in singing and Carnatic rhythms in India. She tells us here about how she started to sing jazz. I love this story and I really hope you will like it too. When I s decided to sing jazz, really the day I decided to sing jazz, I went to, I passed through the uh, a newspaper uh, place, you know, and they were selling records and I picked up a record that, where there was one tune by Ella Fitzgerald, there was Airmail Special, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I go home, I hear that thing and get completely crazy. And I stayed in until I learned it by wow. heart. And then I started going around town and say, do you know any jazz musician? And uh, finally they, they sent me to a piano player and, and he said, what you, what can you sing jazz? And I said, no, I know this. <laughs> so the guy got excited because I thought he, I could do God knows what. I yeah. knew only that. So <laughs> I started singing standards. He, he, he told me about the 
the real book, you know, I started buying things, Sorry. buying records and stuff. And then, but then uh, I remember he told me, uh, I, I went there with Sophisticated Lady. I, I got crazy about Sophisticated and I went there and I sang it and he said, oh, fantastic. Now you will improvise on that. And I said, what the hell do you mean improvise on that? This is so difficult. I cannot. So that was not a very good idea. You know, I was so rude. But then I started going to see rehearsals of Friends, and they were moved by my constantly being there. So they said, you come to the next record concert and sing a couple of tunes. Then I sang Round About Midnight and, and the blues. And uh, just before going on stage, you know, the trumpet players say, okay, you're going to sing the, the chorus twice, and then you improvise. I said, no, I don't want to improvise. No, you have to improvise. So I, I improvised on the spot on stage, never having you know, wow. had improvised crazy. before, yes. and I was like, I didn't know what I did, you know. I was, but then they handed me the recording of that cassette. I still have it, and uh, it's a very strange solo, I must say. But I was never out of tune, you know. So that comforted me. Have a good ears. And and then I started, you know, improvise, improvising, yes. you know. Yes, yes. So poor. The people that were my audience <laughs> at the beginning, because I was like a kamikaze. <laughs> but then, you know, the important thing, you know, about improvisation is doing it. When it comes to improvising, she explains that in Neapolitan music, there is a great openness for improvisation, just in order to be able to decorate the melody. For Maria Pia, whether in her teaching or in her own songs and her various projects, she pays all her attention to the Neapolitan heritage, which she loves to link with modernity. I wish sometimes I, I could, uh, I could uh, have the possibility to um, not to start from the tradition, you know, mm -hmm. but sometimes students need there are things that they don't know, and of it's course. important for them to, to understand in, in, in order to get to understand what it is, the modernity, you know, yes. what is the contemporary jazz singing, how things have gone, you know, and uh, what's the next step. You know. And do, so you teach in, uh, in jazz uh, departments? Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah. And um, do, you, do you try to create a link between tradition and modernity also? Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that's what I do also when I work uh, on projects, music uh, yes. from Neapolitan roots, mm -hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's always that, the, that's the point, you know. Also, I, I like to think about tradition using another word, which is heritage. Heritage. So we in inherit, you know, this great tradition, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of this tree of jazz, you know, that started in the States. But then there is the wonderful, you know, uh, heritage that I have from Napoli, which is an incredible place musically in the centuries. There is mu music from the Renaissance. There's always been a metissage, a natural metissage, because Napoli was a door, you know, over the Mediterranean Sea, where uh, Spanish culture, French culture, uh, Arabic culture, all were connected, inseparable. So it's a very interesting place. So 
and naturally I, I don't, I'm not interested in singing the, the Neapolitan tradition, the mm -hmm. Neapolitan mm -hmm. heritage as it is, but I like to have my view on it, you know, my vision of what that poetic, incredible uh, world, musical world can, you know, can be alive today. Neapolitan is the language that comes naturally to her when she wants to write texts on melodies. She is always looking for the right words which will perfectly match the music. Perhaps because she is mainly influenced by poetry, literature and philosophy. Sometimes I, I get inspiration from, from philosophers or from the work of some artists, poetry. Mm. A lot, literature, a lot. You know. So, my inspiration comes from. It's it's pretty intuitive. The mm -hmm. beginning of an idea, but when I'm composing, it can be. I can start from. S harmony, you know, something that uh, hypnotizes me, you know, mm -hmm. and then, I start working, or I start from lyrics. Uh, and the inspiration. Silent, 
We close this first episode with this magnificent Neapolitan song by Maria Pia De Vito. I'm looking forward to sharing the rest of my adventures with you. You will also soon be able to find the complete interviews on the website dedicated to the subject. Be patient. In the meantime, you can leave a comment, a message or subscribe on the platform you are using to listen to this episode. It was Barbara Viernik Explores, a podcast directed by Barbara Viernik and Zoe Van Koppenel. The interviews are carried out by Barbara Viernik. The jingle is written and performed by Alain Pierre. Thank you for listening. Thank you.